Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name's Phil, a mixing and mastering engineer. Well, I hope you enjoyed part one of the interview with Luke and Lee, the bassist and drummer of Circa 66. If you missed it, then please do listen to the first part before you carry on with this, the second part of the interview, because it makes sense for the, the flow of the conversation to go from one to the other. Anyway, this week I'm going to go straight in and we're going to carry on the conversation by discussing songwriting. Moving over to, I guess, another kind of element of the band. How do you go about writing songs together? What's your process for that? Uh, I think it, it, it really depends on where the ideas come from. There's certainly no shortage of creativity from anyone in this band. Uh, there are times when, you know, I'll receive a WhatsApp message or something on my phone from, you know, from Lee or from Matt or, you know, something will come through. And it will be a riff, a lick, an idea, you know, this could be cool, we could work on this. And we've actually, you know, we've, we've been bouncing new ideas around lately to, to start forming what we hope will be uh, either a second album or, uh, you know, end up on an EP or something like that. It usually starts with one of us having an idea. I think with Follow the Black Crow, some of the ideas were halfway there i would say between what matt and annabelle had, had kind of put together but they needed the finishing touches they needed you know solid drums and bass and and a bit of flair um in places and and we we wrote most of that album together in a room we would kind of work out our parts at home come in try things out throw different things around and it's it's a really um i think it's quite a cathartic process because you you have no expectations of what it's going to be we never try to sound like anybody and we never we never set out to write a song to sound a particular way it's just a very organic uh process where things come together sometimes they don't click straight away there are some songs that took us a couple of weeks a couple of months some songs we've had to park and and come back to 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 finish them and some songs that didn't make the cut for the album so I'd say it's a very, it's quite free flowing. Um, you know, there's lots of ideas, lots of energy, lots of, ah, that sounds like something I can work with. Okay, let's do this. Let's do that. Maybe we move the, the change the chorus because that sounds a bit more like a midsection and let's try this other riff. So it's, yeah, it's, it's quite, there's no set process to answer your question. Um, it's very free flowing, very creative and very collaborative. And I think that is the reason why we've reached the kind of sounds that you're hearing now on on follow the black crow yeah and i echo that as well uh, what you hear is it's very organic you know the way we write stuff is is either a, yeah a start of a riff or or a guitar idea a bass twang or, or whatnot even even sometimes some vocal melodies uh, and we just go for it the, the way we wrote follow the black crow uh, it was intended to be a 12 track we've recorded two other songs that didn't make the cut on the album um but yeah let's stress that as, as well as it being so organic we do as master said we park stuff we, we put it on the back seat and we come back to it it doesn't mean it's a bad song it's just not ready yet it just needs either something else or or not you know it's, it's a fighting cause sometimes but we we would always only want to release an album where we're all 100 percent happy on every single track so that's why we cut it down to 10 tracks and it works as a 10 
track album it's still 50 odd minutes long because we got a, a nine minute song on there so no one's going to be disappointed with that and uh hold out for the future because there's, there's more stuff coming oh yeah and uh, and actually um just to add a bit of color to it right there's um I'm sure Matt, if Matt were here, he would tell you that there are some riffs that uh, I think there's, I think it was uh, a particular lick he's got in uh, Jekyll or Hyde, where it came to him walking around home base one day, and he uh, he heard he heard a jingle and kind of went, oh, I could do something. Oh, that's given me an idea. I can do something with that. And he went home and, and came up with a guitar riff, you know. So it, it, it's just, I think anyone creative will know if you try and force it doesn't work you have to just let it let it happen let it develop if, if there's any kind of structure i would say we we generally get the music we generally get the music and and the arrangements and the composition down first when we're creating something and then the vocals there's uh, annabelle's always there she's always listening and writing and jotting down you know looking at her lyric book and working out you know uh, some melodies that can work there um, and the vocals generally come after the fact. And then once we've got the vocal arrangement in place, then it's harmonies time, it's backing vocals time. And then we work through composing what we think is going to work best uh, to support her main vocals. Yeah, and I play guitar, I write lyrics as well. We've all had a bit of an input on, on some, some of the lyrics throughout the album. Most of it does come from Annabelle or or Matt, uh, but yeah, we've certainly given our toughness where it comes there. I mean, for me, we, we've got the tools these days, being in 2021, I use WhatsApp, you know, we've got a band WhatsApp, but I'll often just um, hum a tune that's come to me and just be like, can you play that on guitar, Matthew? And, and normally come back and just be like, what, a bit like this? And I'll be like, yeah, that, that's going to work as a really nice bridge. But Honestly, often I will wake up in the middle of the night and hum something into my phone. It's actually how I thought of my <laughs> my cat's name. I had a weird dream and this name Pushkin came into my head. So I named my cat Pushkin and I had to Google it afterwards. It turned out it's some really old Russian poet, weirdly. There you go. <laughs> Bit of trivia for you. Fair enough. Do you find that um, with some of your songs that maybe don't make the cut or aren't quite finished that sometimes you find you you end up cannibalizing bits of songs to bolt into other songs because you go well maybe this chorus doesn't work but it could work in this other song that kind of thing yeah i think me and mustard might disagree but i think yeah we, we do sometimes yeah try and chop things up from from other riffs or other songs that we've written and and try and piece them together um doesn't always work sometimes it does but we quite like to work on a song structure where it's not first chorus first bridge you know the standard thing that you you normally do and i think when it comes to album number two it will probably be more dominant the fact that we're not doing a, a standard song structure if you've if you've Come to one of our rehearsals, one of them that we've just done, for instance. I, I'm afraid you, you weren't there on the last one, but we, we may have rewritten your song, Mustard. I'm telling you here. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen the footage. But, it's but, all good. But honestly, yeah, honestly, the structure, structuring of a song is quite important for us. And it, it, we don't like predictability. You know, so I think on the new stuff that's that's coming there's going to be a, a little bit more of that for sure there's uh 
I don't, it, it's individual, it's individual taste. And yeah, we do, we do chop stuff up. Um, it, it's naturally there are parts that we, we've, we've got that didn't make the record. And we're, we're kind of thinking, I really like that part. I want to use it. Where are we going to use it? What can we do with it? But it's never forced. It's more a case of, ah, you know what would work really well there? Remember that thing we wrote over there? Let's pull that in and try that. So it's just we experiment with things. And as, as, as Lee mentioned, you know, whatever we do for album or record number two, whatever it ends up being, as I say, we've already started writing songs. Um, I am absolutely terrible at writing a whole song. I can't do it on my own. So what I do is I come up with parts and I go, guys, I've got this and I've got this. And maybe I've got a midsection. I don't really know how to fill in the gaps. I don't know how you want to structure it. Do you like it? Are you going to tell me it's rubbish? What's the situation? And, um, yeah, as a small victory for me, the last couple of parts I came up with are starting to shape up into a song. So I've got, I'm, I'm not precious about these guys changing it up, right? That's what being in a band's about, though, I think. I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there, mate. Like, I came to the group with um, some lyrics I'd written, and um, I was exactly the same. I was like, I've written some lyrics, but I don't know how to do vocal melodies. I don't know which bit would be the chorus or anything like that. At the moment, they're just words on a page. And that's where I used some of the other musicians that are, that are in the band. They just said, help me out. I think I'm onto something, but it's not good enough to be a song. And we utilise that and we use each other for things. We, we're starting to learn each other's strengths a bit more. Do you think eventually you'll settle into more of a, I don't want to say a system, but a kind of a, a structured way of approaching songwriting or do you think it's going to remain a bit kind of here there and everywhere depending on what who's giving the idea and where it's coming from and things like that i think it will be a bit sporadic as the way it is now um but i think that that's the fun way of doing things when it comes to stuff like recording we're structured there you know and i think we're going to probably continue that process of of how we lay down a track and how we want to um you know bring it to life but when it comes to actually writing the songs nah let's keep it sporadic and fun i think that's what shapes the sound of this band right i think that's that's the that's a large part of the enjoyment we get for you know the live shows give us immense amount of joy um when we're able to do them um but where we've not been able to do them we've focused wholly on recording right and and just making sure we can add the the finishing touches to to the album that, that we've since released we're quite lucky in that you know the the only thing we have to go into the studio for really is recording the drums because we want a live drum sound not not a sampled set of drums um it captures you can't capture the same feel you can't capture the essence of lee as a musician um if you don't record him in the studio um so we do that and then, uh, and then we structure, you know, myself and Matt and, and a number of us can record at home. We've got our own little studio setups. So we, we, we get a rough, we get an outline track together. Then we get together collectively and we, we, we mix, we play around with things, we produce ourselves. And then uh, when we agree that the, 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 the final raw mix is there and it's, it's about ready for mastering, we scrap we... it. We scrap the whole thing <laughs> and start again. We've certainly done that. Sorry, had to see that. Yeah, we have done that. We have done that. We've we've decided we we love it and then we hate it. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> curse of every musician and producer on the planet. 
you know, you're always striving for something that you can never quite fully realize. Um, and yeah, we've, we've, re we've got to that point where we've recorded something <laughs> to Lee's point, right the way to the point where we're ready to send it to mastering and we've gone, actually, I absolutely hate this song. I think <laughs> oh, we could do more with this. <laughs> and then and as soon as one person is brave enough to go, I hate this, I don't like it. Everybody else goes, actually, now that you've said it, I can't unhear it. You're absolutely right. Let's rewrite it. There goes 500 pounds down the drain on drum tracking. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a pursuit, right? It's the pursuit of putting the best record out that we can. Every musician wants to put the best record out. And I think one of the things that struck me about the music industry lately, I think for a long time, nobody was trying to write the best record. It was just very samey. And what I've seen more recently from a lot of the upcoming bands is that people seem to be hungry again. Uh, musicians are starting to want to write the world's best record, right? If you think back to the Beatles and, and The Who and Led Zeppelin and, you know, lots of different, well, eclectic mix of styles there, but you've got, you had, a, you had this real passion and drive to write the best song ever. And I think that's starting to come back again. I think there's a real resurgence in the industry for that. And we're not trying to write the best song ever, but we're trying to write the best Circus 66 track that we possibly can. Um, so we don't compromise. If one of us is unhappy with something, we're going to try something else. We're going to rewrite it. We're going to adjust things, you know, it, and, it, and, it, and it works. So for us to, for us to, to go back to your original question, Phil, for, for us to fundamentally change how we do things, it will fundamentally change how this band, band sounds. And none of us want to do that. I guess at the end of the day, the last thing any of you want to do is to get to the point of releasing a track, put it out there, and then have a band member go, I don't really like it. And even then, if it somehow went on to be very, you know, it got renowned, it became really well known, and you were expected to play it at every gig, you know, it, it would just feel worse for you as a musician if you were like, I just don't like the song. So, yeah, it's very worth checking that you 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 like what you're doing all the way along the process i think you're uh, you're referencing uh, guns and roses maybe yeah sweet child of mine any number of bands sweet child of mine i think um matt always says that slash absolutely hates playing sweet child of mine i mean i don't know slash very well personally but i'm sure yeah you know a thousand times playing the same <laughs> same old riff that you might not have enjoyed that much when you wrote it um but yeah, that, that's, that's always going to be a risk though, isn't it, mate? I mean, you put something out, um, people love it, and then you end up hating it. I mean, something that I've been told throughout my whole career is don't overanalyze, don't overlisten to your own material. Do what you do best, give it your all. Just don't play your own CD over and over again. I'm sure that's what you've been doing, isn't it, Mustard? He doesn't even have a CD player, to be fair. I don't have a CD player. I'm, uh, I'm an online guy, but yeah. Um... I, I grew to not want to listen to any of our tracks at one point through the recording process because I don't think my ears or brain could take it <laughs> just listening to after, you know, I'm sure, you know, you know what this is like, Phil, when you're listening very, very carefully with analytical ears or critical ears to a mix or a track or something that you're waiting, you know, you're looking for something, you're looking for, for perfection, you've got 
you've got an idea in your head of what it should sound like and you're trying to you're trying to cover that gap between what it should sound like in your head and what the mastering engineer has sent you and you're making copious notes well i did anyway i i'm a i'm a detailed guy and uh i made copious notes on things i wanted to change in that whole process the net result is i was so buried uh in the process with the rest of these guys recording uh and mastering and you know listening back to what what we were what we were going to put on the record i ended up sick of our own music and i needed a little break playing it live absolutely love it feed off the energy of the crowd that's what it's all about for me but yeah listening to our own stuff once you've been through the mill with it you just want to play it live you don't want to listen to it again it's something that someone once asked me actually um on on instagram when i was asking for questions someone said you know how long after working on a track can you bear to listen to it again and i said well probably about six months there's a few tracks that i worked on that i was like when i started i was like this is amazing but the time i was done with it i was like i can i can just hear everything i've done wrong <laughs> that i want to get better and you just have to let it go and then you listen back in six months time and you just forget all the an- analytical process of it and you just go actually no it's really good so yes a break can be very helpful <laughs> When it comes to uh, management of the band, how does that work? Is there a single point person or do you share out the jobs between you? How's that go? Yeah, it's a, it's a shared process. We, we, we've recently joined up with Forge, the Forge Music Group. Um, so, so Forge manage us, so we sit under Forge. Uh, as I say, it's a very new thing. But other than that, other than there being a, you know, a, a strong totem pole for us, we are, yeah, pretty self-sufficient when it comes to things. We do our own social media. We may not be very good at it, but we, we give it a go because we're all old now, so we don't really understand how half of it works. But is what it is. Keep up with the kids. Just recently joined TikTok. What, what? <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then, and then when it comes to, to everything, we sort of divvy up the jobs. We've tried to do it in one of Mustard's organised ways with his charts. He's got a little whiteboard that he gets out sometimes and and draws lines and saying, this is where we are, this is where we've got to get to, who's going to take a responsibility for what? Yeah, so that's part of it. I I was a media student in college as well, so I, I do a lot of the promotional tools, posters and things like that. I don't know if you've seen the, the, the latest tour poster, but I design that, you know, rather than outsourcing work, we keep it in-house um if there's something that i can't do um technically or i don't have the right programs then we we jump onto our management who've got a whole network of people um they can reach out to and help us along the way but yeah i think it's pretty even stevens when it comes to work in the band other than mustard he doesn't do anything really other than show up sometimes but i have to ridicule the bass player on behalf of matthew because he's not here yeah yeah no, it, yeah, as I pretty much agree with all of that, it, it's um, play, play into each other's strengths, right? Lee's highly creative. Um, he's got a keen eye and, you know, it's really a case of, you know, Lee's creative. I'm quite technology minded. I, I know my way around tech. I might live to regret those words, but I'm quite technical. Um, and Matt isn't. Matt is musically minded, isn't technology minded, but he is a trained producer. So that gives us a different angle. 
none of us are really strong with social media so that's a learning process for us and and obviously using the the guys in in forge um uh, back at the label are, are it's it's brilliant we use them for, for advice and guidance they help us out um we've had some, some coaching on various things like me, media training things like this making sure that you know we say we say uh we come across in the right way um i'm probably failing miserably and i probably need a refresher course but that's just me so yeah we, we play to each other's strengths and it's it is a learning process i'm in the middle of i'm not afraid to say i'm in the middle of uh trying to redesign um with help we have got someone external who can do this stuff with help trying to redesign the website trying to have a single place that that fans promoters agents because anyone that wants to know anything about us has got a really slick nice looking website they can go to and they've got all the media they've got all the videos you know we exist in many places on the on the deep dark interweb but finding it is another matter so we want to make sure that we put it front and center and have uh, everything there for people to see so it's it's really i think of this as a as a small business right this is this is us this is our this is our small business it's our collective baby now it started as a, a bit of a pet project and it's grown into something that i think we're all deeply passionate about clearly we don't do it for the money because we don't really make any money out of this band but hopefully you know we have an aspiration that we can get it to a stage where it at least breaks even um that's going to enable us to to do more right it's going to enable us to to keep bringing out cool new music to for people to listen to you say um we don't make any money but we all get paid mate do you not get paid <laughs> what <laughs> money he's working for free bless him yeah and and you know it's stuff like as well like annabelle does a lot of the networking as well it really helps bring people together and that for me is is the, probably the biggest chunk of everything you know networking finding out who does what because the old saying it's not what you know it's who you know it's pretty damn apparent in the music industry it's all about who you know it's not about what you know it is about what you sound like but also it's who you know too so build them connections as well i say make sure you build them connections and stay humble ain't got no time for egos it's all very good advice i think you're right especially about the website that having a good website as a band just cannot be underestimated it's your it's your space where you can really say who you are as a band, as opposed to somewhere like Facebook and Instagram, where you have to comply to their rules and their their visual formatting and things like that. It's very much your space where you can make it look however you want, which really can't be underestimated, I think. So what would you say, and you may have different answers to this, what would you say has been the biggest success of the band so far? It hasn't happened yet. What's your biggest success? What's our biggest success? What like, is it? Maybe maybe it was like a moment where you went, this is amazing. For me, BBC Live Lounge. And that was even before the album and the things we've achieved since. I think standing in the BBC Live Lounge, live on air, with however many thousands of listeners out there hearing what we do live, and then the interview afterwards. That, for me, that's where it changed from being... A bit of fun to something that was it was just visceral and real and wow felt like something was happening and we were going somewhere that for me was a real turning point personally um something i'll never forget 
Yeah, and um, I'm pretty serious when I say it hasn't happened yet. I know it sounds funny and all that, but we are very much striving for the top. We we want what we want, and that's to be as, as big as we can. I think that's what a lot of bands, you know, enjoy doing. As long as you enjoy doing what you're doing, there's no harm in going for the big goals, the big gigs and things like that, and bringing yourself to be the best you can be. I mean, we even write that into our lyrics. So, yeah, aim for the top. Be what you can be. Keep going forward. Well, speaking of goals, my last question uh, relates directly to that. So what would you say um, are the goals for the band in the next six months to a year or so? So in the next six months, it's probably going to be heavily focused on touring. We've announced a tour, so that pretty much takes up the rest of this year. I think there's there's still a few shows that are going to be announced as well. we are currently in the process of writing and recording. Uh, recording is coming up at some point. It's not quite in the calendar yet, but we're making connections to, to lay a few riffs and, and, and drums down, things like that. Um, so that's our, probably our immediate focus. Tour the album, build bigger connections, uh, keep doing what we're doing, get some of the, the, the second album or EP or whatever we're doing next recorded keep the keep the wheel turning and then i think longer term plans i don't know we, we haven't really discussed much much further than that i mean there's always going to be a, a five-year plan there's 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 stuff like bigger festivals that we want to do that we, we haven't had the opportunity to play yet the you know, planet rotstock call of the wild things like that are on our radar um it's just about getting the right material in front of the the right people as i said before it's, it's it's who you know and that's important but also what can you do as an artist and hopefully some of the new stuff that we've done like the kk's footage for instance we've got this now it's part of our epk it's our press kit a lot of that's going to feature on the new website that we can send to to punters and, and, and bookers and say here you go this is us uh, what do you think do you want to book us please book us Please book us. Yeah. Um, and from the business end of it, I think it's about building a fan base, getting what we do out there, building a fan base and uh, and getting, we've got to earn the right to go and be able to play those bigger festivals and be able to, you know, sell more records, to be able to, you know, have conversations like this with various different folks across the industry. We always, every day, have to prove ourselves and keep earning that right. Um, and like Lee said, we want to get some new stuff out there, right? We've just released the album. That's going to be, we're going to be heavily, heavily touring this year that uh, off the back of that. And we're going to be working towards bringing something else. Because obviously, you know, in this industry, you can very easily have your five minutes of fame and then be forgotten about. Um, you've got to be consistent. You've got to be constantly releasing music. So we're riding a creative wave at the moment. We've got loads of ideas floating around. You know, Lee talked about my, my little whiteboard. I'm looking at it now and I've got seven, roughly, roughly seven or eight songs mapped out uh, that we've all collectively worked on. We don't know if that's going to be an EP. We don't know if it's going to be an album. We don't know if we're going to drop some singles just to keep, keep people kind of focused on what we're doing and what we're about. We've got, We've got stories to tell. We've got messages we want to kind of put out there and we want to do it with music. Um, so, yeah, when we're not touring, we're going to be working on figuring out how that all comes together and what that's going to be. Yeah, and I think uh, to add to that point as well, it's important 
to keep going and keep that wheel turning getting back into the studio a lot of people probably don't realize but it does take a long long time to to get the songs you want on the album to record it and do all that that fun stuff and we're going to take some of the knowledge that we've gained from each other as musicians and knowledge in the studio so fun bit of trivia for you like on, on the last track on follow the black crow the track called when the black crow flies we removed the click track from the last half of the song because we wanted to capture the live raw energy of how the end of the song was supposed to be so it's all out of time but that's well, it's, it's not out of time but it's it's supposed to try and capture the live essence of it and the the whole vibe which we were aiming for so hints and tips like that i think is going to keep us keep things exciting for us because it's it's not the norm it's a bit different it's a bit quirky it's a bit fun and that's what we ultimately want to do have fun and push forward i mean i've i've got to say it's 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 got to be good as a band to say yes gigs gigs are happening they're coming that must be amazing to have that in your plan and know it's actually happening rather than it being a vague hope exactly right yeah 100 percent. we got some great shows booked up as well with some really good friends and some new cities and things we're going to be playing so it's it's doubly exciting for us yeah the first leg of the tour is looking better. this is because this is worth mentioning actually that what what you've seen on the tour post so that's the first leg that's that's barely the first half of what we're planning to do touring wise so really glad that we're able to to get out get out there and and do that it it's a privilege to be able to to play music and and have that connection with people right and it's something that should never be taken for granted i think if if anything from the past year it's taught us that that it is it is a special thing and we you know we we can't ever can't ever take it for granted and uh i think that the um the reality of it is that there is a level of uncertainty we don't know what's going to happen in the future so we're just going to damn well make the make the make the most of it right we're going to get out there give as give everything we've got and hopefully meet some new people along the way and everybody that said they miss live music and they want to get back out there they can't wait for it to all open again buy your tickets in advance support your local venues support your local artists go out have fun bring it on let's go I said that was my last question. I've got one tiny question and then my actual final question. So my tiny question is if people want to catch you playing live and want to buy some tickets or if they want to buy your album, things like that, where's the best place for them to go on the internet? Uh, there's, there's a few different places. So I think probably the easiest thing to do these days is just message us direct and we'll send you the link. Uh, a lot of the tour shows are split up over different promoters and they use different uh, ticket links so we could just if they, if you fancy something off the tour poster send us a quick message and yeah we'll we follow the ticket link i will put a link to social media bits and pieces in the show notes of this podcast so click down there i don't know why i'm pointing down click wherever the show notes are on your podcast player and you will find that there my actual final question uh to close out the podcast I'd like to ask what your, and you may have different ones, this may be a bit of a debate, what your favourite song from the band is, which I can play at the end of this episode. So which song is it and why? You do, you do. So we've been asked this question a lot uh, with uh, with various things, right? Podcast interviews and, and things like that. For me, for very different reasons to what I suspect Lee will tell you, um, it's it is uh, my favorite song on the album is without question when the black crow, black 
crow flies. Um, and the reason behind that is a good friend of mine uh, sadly lost his life uh, as we were finalizing, uh, you know, writing and, and preparing this track. And his story, you know, he'd battled with cancer for many years. I know the family well, they're, they're you know, good friends of mine. It's a, a, a young lad who uh, had cancer at 12, thought he'd beat it, but had a, a various struggles with uh, the, the lasting effects of the chemotherapy. And then the cancer came back and he took a decision to, uh, to not take any treatment when it came back because of the, the, he was already in pain, you know, living life as it was, um, for the cancer to come back and, and knowing what that would entail. I mean, horrific, but it was also an incredibly brave, incredibly brave decision from an incredibly, uh, just an incredibly brave boy. Um, and, and had a wicked sense of humor all the way through. So for me, the lyrics resonated. Every time I play it live, every time I hear it, I think of Danny. The guy's name was Danny Van Shake. Uh, if anyone uh, is listening, any, anyone from the family, Danny Van Shake, the guy was a legend and uh, someone very dear to my heart. And I'm, I'm, for me, that song's about him. That song's about his journey. It's about his release from all of that pain and that suffering um, and, and the, the, the weight of making a decision about your own life and your own care. That to me is is deeply emotional and something that really that's what the song does for me. It it makes me think of that whole journey and and that freedom he has now. Yeah, and um, you, you're right. It is it is a song I would pick as well. When I mentioned earlier in the podcast about writing some lyrics, this is this is the one I was on about, and I put pen to paper. Well, I wrote the song about not not Master's friend, but a close family member of mine uh, who sadly passed away as well. But for for this, I'll, I'll pick a different song and a different reason, um, just to make it a bit more interesting, and I find it quite hard to talk about anyway. So I would probably pick Light the Fuse. So Light the Fuse is one of the songs that we mentioned earlier that we've reworked a few times. When the initial idea came for the song, it was good. It wasn't excellent. Uh, that's not like putting the song down at all. It just, every song on the album was killer so far, so it needed to be better. So... We took the song back into the studio after it was mixed and mastered and all that, undone everything that we did and rejigged it, a load of different parts to it and made it what it is today. It's got a massive drum intro, so that's probably why I like it a lot as well. Uh, the song is a lot harsher than it was. We've doubled up uh, the guitars in, in odd places where they shouldn't wouldn't normally be doubled up, and that's to emphasise certain parts. The, uh, the whole riff at the start of it before any of the lyrics comes in it really gets me it's it's an intricate guitar riff it's a, it's a play on loads of different influences through matt's life and for me yeah it just it just kicks some ass it's got a beautiful middle section and it, it's something that i'm pretty proud of and it's got some killer triplets it does some of those opening licks are wow mind-blowing so guys thanks for talking thanks Thanks, Phil. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Phil. It's been an honour.